it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Foot Weekly Podcast FIFA 23 Awards episode and actually really the last episode on FIFA that we'll ever do which is kind of mad to think. I've got a cast of regulars. First of all, James, as always, welcome back. Thank you much, Ben. Very happy to be putting the cherry on top of 23. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, you know, it's every time that the real season like kicks up again, I'm like, show me new things about the next game. You know, I'm like, let, let's all everything else is in the past at this point. So happy to happy to put the cherry on top and do a little recap. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a test of our memory. Mm. That's always the hard thing about this: remembering what's actually happened this cycle, uh, which is kind of nice to do at the same time. Uh, we also have with us, as you'd probably expect, Josh Excels, who literally walked in the door a few minutes ago. So great to have you on. Yes, yeah, no, good to be here. Fresh from a weekend of raving with what felt like literal children uh, <laughs> at Leeds Festival. Uh, I, I walked into the arena on the first day. I went, oh, they're young. They're young. They're young. And then had that sudden realization of, oh, no, they're not young. I'm just old. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm past it, apparently. Yeah, uh, well, uh, he's still young and sprightly. The next guest is Richard Buckley. Hello, welcome back. Yeah, FIFA 23. Good, bad, and ugly, I suppose. <laughs> the best way to describe it. It's a way to start this. And uh, we'll be getting into it. Yeah, yeah. And finally, we have, uh, returning after a little while out, actually, Man of the People, DJ. Hello, welcome back. Hi, yeah. I was worried what you were going to say after you said uh, Mr. Buckley was still young. So yeah, I'm I was definitely say, pulling yeah. the average age up. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I'm just here to make Josh feel young again. Yeah, exactly. And actually, we have a few people ask, you know, how come DJ's not on too often? Well, there's a bank holiday this week. So that, that'll give you some indication as to why. Uh, but, you know, the scheduling of the podcast restricts some guest appearances, as you can imagine. Uh, but it's great to have DJ back on this one. And uh, let's get to it and get through our awards. Uh, we're going to have two episodes. Second episode will be a supporter episode. And on this one, we will be starting with the pound-for-pound pound powerhouse of the cycle. For those who haven't heard this before, it tends to be a bit more personal than just simply the best value. And that's often because there's a clear best value by this point. And I feel like a lot of people would probably say uh, that there is, and that is Vanja Milinkovic, Savage Shapeshifters. Uh, but maybe someone would like to argue that actually he isn't the best value player of this cycle. Vanya is is great, but we only got him at shapeshifters mm. post team of the season. You can only use him for a certain period of time. Czech was the best striker in the game. It didn't really matter. Mm. But a player that came in when it mattered was great for an extended period of time and even brought Japes around over a period of about three to four months that he was actually good. And we got him for free, or well, you know, for time for playing the game. It has to be 
World Cup Vieira. Mm-hmm. It just has to be. I, I can't think there's another answer. That was going to be my like shocker. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm I'm 100% on board there. I was not for a very, very long time. And in the history of FIFA, I can't remember the time that we've ever gotten an elite tier icon for free that early in the cycle. Mm-hmm. And it pains me to say, but Vieira was, was perhaps is still elite. Yeah. And to be fair, I think even at the time you were saying it wasn't that he was just bad. It was just that he wasn't for you, right? Yeah. I, that was when I first got him, I was asking my, I was playing a 433 and asking my DM in the 433 to be a uh, deep lying playmaker. And Vieira mm. does not have the attacking awareness. What is the attack? Attacking positioning to like appropriately show up where he needs to be. He also struggles in the box to box role. And so using him in that setup was just not great. As soon as I was like, you know what? I'm going to just have him sit in front of my back line. Mm. Just like an absolute wrecking ball. Yep. I think that's a very fair shout. And actually, old man Sampson submitted that himself. Uh, does anyone else have one? DJ, what about you? Anyone you want to put forward? Even the, you know, they don't have to be a personal pound for pound. It can actually be one that you think beats those two. Well, this is a personal pound for pound. I think it certainly won't beat those objectively, but pure, purely from my point of view uh, and harking back to, to my era of football um, and free for a bit of effort was the foot birthday Alan Shearer. Mm. I loved that card. I, I think I was the only one who went for it, but it was great having uh, Alan running off with one arm in the air, scoring like it was Euro 96 all over again. And much as I got a little irate at the fact the goalkeepers were a little unrealistic when they became the best strikers in the game, Alan Shearer having five-star skills was probably the most unrealistic point of the year. So I quite enjoyed that as well. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you know what? I've actually got one uh, which I could submit myself um, but make Ballet's put him in and that's the mid Carlos Alberto because it's rare that you nominate a player from the market for these but actually if you purchased him early when he wasn't too expensive or he was expensive of course I think it was at least 600k or maybe 500k but he was just stupidly good for a length of time just because he was max pace basically and had very good defensive stats was very good on the ball um, and I think a lot of people came around to him once that SBC came out for the prime and that was actually very very good value as well so for a personal pound for pound I would also go myself for that mid Carlos Alberto but there is another player again kind of expensive and another centre back that I'm wondering whether will uh, get mentioned by Richard Buckley who have you got for us for this one Richard I'm going to lean towards a flashback uh, that came out right around the uh, I believe it was flashback team of the year mm. and uh, none other than Sergio Ramos I mean oh. just the, the the price that he came in at he, I think he's probably the second most capped player I've had this year like about 600 650 games with Ramos he sort of like th- there was that group of players that came out like right around team of the year the flashback items I think Pogba got one Zidane got the SBC Ramos came out I think Sadio Mane as well got an SBC item and he sort of just like changed the game in a little bit like mm. the the shift the, the game sort of shifted like the, the power curve took a real steep increase it was the World Cup promo and then these players and they were viable probably all the way up to team of the season I, I would say like they were really really good 
So for me, I'm going to go flashback Sergio Ramos. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was alluding to, actually. So I'm glad you said that. Um, perfect. And yeah, I totally agree. I think I think he was very, very strong. He was expensive. It was a big commitment. But I think because a lot of people were opening packs and trading more around Team of the Year, it didn't really cost in real terms as much as it looked like, I think. Uh, Japes, did you want to come in? Yeah, I want to add one more with the personal. I think Vieira is like kind of the has to be. Yeah. I don't know if like personally for me, I'm like excited about still him being like the answer. But <laughs> for me, when I when I bought, and I think I chatted about this multiple times on this podcast, getting Rudy Voller for the price, mm -hmm. like the World Cup icon Voller, what he was able to do as a striker for so long and the stats that he had being like 600K when every other striker remotely close to him was well up over a million. Mm. He, for me, was like, I, I couldn't get him out of the squad because there was no way for me to replace his contribution at that coin level. Mm. Is there any other players that people want to just put forward here? I've, I've got one, one more and it's really, really boring. <laughs> but I just think like, not personally for me, I think as a FIFA community, I think for the price that you're paying for him, I mean, like, Golden Mbappe mm. year long was just like so annoying. Like, he probably goes into the Nemesis a little bit as well. Yeah, we might as well just we might as well just transition to Nemesis because if anybody <laughs> says anything other than Golden Mbappe, <laughs> I think you're lying. When has a gold item been viable all year? Yeah. Like, he was the only gold item that was somewhat not discard like after January he was just ridiculous year long and I think probably from February March onwards if I saw a gold Mbappe I was just a little bit physically sick because <laughs> I like yep. I just didn't I couldn't fathom it that this guy was just running rings around me still yeah. and he released in September. It's funny because we didn't have time to do this last year, as far as I can remember, but we did it the year before and Mbappe was the clear nemesis that year as well. So I, I think he's uh, he's probably got it nailed on for a bit. Um, I actually did want to bring up another player just before we move on. Maka going for the uh, UEL Tammy, Tammy Abraham. Um, I think he kind of changed things at that time because of him being so big and lengthy and um, just yeah, ridiculously good off the bench as well, actually, which is how I ended up using him. But he says he's a six foot five lengthy beast. Was amazing from the get-go, but being a live card, he just kept getting better and better, including a five-star weak foot, which kept him relevant for the longest time. And even during team of the season, he remained my super sub of choice and yeah I think for what, 150k it doesn't get too much better and, and the timing of that was good as well um, for people using him for you know an extended period before we go into proper silly season should we just briefly give OG Gold Holland lengthy meta a shout out yeah, for the first few weeks of the game yeah exactly where I was going yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, and, and not even not even like Haaland. I'm talking about like Aldi Haaland in terms of inform Sorloff, that mm. 84 rated that was just everything you could want when lengthy was what it was. And he, like his red must have got about 200 games for me in those first few <laughs> weeks because it was just, he was just broken. And, you know, he was Haaland without having to pay however much you had to pay to get Haaland at that point. Yeah. I do find it interesting nobody said Alawairan. He's one of those ones where I think he's just been too expensive to be considered a pound for pound. Or I think I think as soon as you used him, you recognized that he had like clear weaknesses, and you were paying yeah. for like 
elite speed, strong-ish finishing and dribbling, but not like truly, truly elite. And mm. I think, you know, he was dominant for like a, if what felt like a very short part of the cycle and then he was like very clearly eclipsed. Yeah. He was also so expensive. He was so expensive. Yeah, if if anything, if you bought him off the market, yeah. he was overpriced. He was he was super quick, but if that's all he had, really, and once you knew that's what was coming, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, any final shouts? Because we've definitely veered into nemesis category, right? <laughs> uh, I think we should probably move it on. I, I know Jazzyo uh, is someone that a few people mentioned actually in the mid, which was an SBC. It was kind of expensive. I guess it was similar bracket to maybe Ramos in terms of good value at the time, uh, considering the amount of untradeable cards around. Is there anyone? post shapeshifters people want to mention because obviously we haven't I guess talked as much about that kind of content on the podcast but I know DJ you've been playing a fair bit since then well when you get into pound for pound territory they're all pound for pound brilliant because everything's free now you just mm. keep churning that eight, <laughs> you just keep churning that 84 times 10 until you have enough of whatever you need mm. um, and I've done it you know, I do everything within about an hour and a half of it getting released at the moment um, just because you got the club absolutely full all the time so mm. they're all great pound for pound you've got that you know, Mateus with the highest stats possibly ever on a player and get yeah. him for free within about 20 minutes <laughs> um, so you know it, it's fun. There's loads of great cards, but not at the value doesn't really matter anymore for anything that's released at the moment because you can get to everything eventually. Yeah, I have a question for you actually, as a man of the people representative here who's been playing over the summer. Does it make you less inclined to start the new cycle because of how crazy it is at the moment and how much fun you're having with all the SPCs you can complete, the crazy players you can use? Yes, completely. I've mm. decided um, I'm off on holiday in a week, and then I've got my honeymoon in November. Uh, delayed for about a couple of years uh, to actually eventually book it and sort it out. But I've decided I'm not going to play until after I get back from that. So I'm not going to even start until mid, late November now. Mm. It's interesting because, Josh, you've been saying this is actually a more common phenomenon amongst uh, foot players you've spoken to. Yeah, I, I, th I think one of the problems that we also get when things get ridiculous as they do and everything's like easy to grind towards, firstly, the grind becomes kind of a seen as a bit laborious. I mean, it kind of, it's called a grind, it should be, but like, because everything comes so easy, there is that kind of sense of, it'll, it, we seem to ask for the 85 by 10, now the 84 by 10 upgrade path earlier and earlier every year because you remember what it was like at the end of the previous cycle. But I think the thing that has the biggest effect is actually the quality of card in the game allows you to do things quicker than you would be able to with a base gold card. So what happens is people that are playing will move from using these super teams with 99s in all the stats, go into a new game and go, oh, it's slow. Mm. It's like, it's not slow. It's exactly the same speed. You're just using cards that are 20 ratings less than what you've been using before. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, that's always been the big issue i think when you play right to the end of the cycle is it's quite a step down yeah. as you come into the new one even though all the excitement's there and you know doesn't stop me playing it for hours and end. i completely i completely agree with that it really is does for it will feel stupidly slow it does every year and it takes a long time to reacclimatize as a, as a result i think the other big thing as well that's become really apparent this year is you don't fall behind Whereas in previous years, I, I worry about not being there at the start to build my club up and get into a good position. Actually, you can catch up so quickly these days because of the, the huge numbers of promos and the massive number of packs that are available. If you're prepared to play the game, you can catch up pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. I don't feel the FOMO uh, like I would normally do. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
I was going to say, Japes, do you think that's a concern for EA at all? No. Okay. No, because I think I think there's there's two types of players. Now, you know, DJ is saying, I'm happy to come in and play the game even further along in the cycle. Whereas before, if I wouldn't have been able to play to this point, I would have thought maybe like, what's the point? Mm. Right? Like, I'll just I'll just take this whole cycle off. And for committed players that are starting, they're always going to try to be on the leading edge with foot champions anyway. Mm. And so they're going to continue to grind week in and week out. There are really only a couple times over the course of the year where the power curve makes like such a drastic shift that being ahead of it or on top of it feels truly beneficial. Mm. And I... I think it's a good thing that the game feels more like you can pop in. Because I, I think I think a lot of people, once they stop playing foot too, like they'll play for a few months after and once they stop, they come back and they realize they're so far behind. They're like, it's gonna, it's impossible for me to build a competitive team. And that's not the case anymore. So even if you go play, say you go play another game for a little, you can pop back in and still spend like a week playing foot kind of hard and have like a bunch of good players again. Mm. So uh, like I I think it's actually a benefit in the long run for them. I think the foot champs points a really good point as well. Whereas previously I you know I would be absolutely have to play every weekend, have to be in there, have to see whether I'm getting better, don't want to fall behind. Now I can pop in. I might be, I might go 11-3, I might go 11-7, but I'm not I'm nowhere near as committed to having to hit higher ranks or hit a higher level i just played to 11 it's not as it's not as um make or break anymore because of the way that that mode's completely played out mm. do you miss the old champs though like do you miss the drive to elite yeah yeah absolutely champs used to be a real good indicator of progression was I getting mm. any better? Was I getting worse? Where, how, yeah, how was my game going? And I would, I used to pay for coaching. I used to desperately want to try and see if I could get another two, three wins by improving my game. I think it's an absolute crap fest now. I, I don't mm. think there's any indicator of how good you are. I can go 11-3 one week and play average. I can go 11-8 the next week and think I was brilliant. Because it's so random, the matchmaking now. It doesn't. It's not an indicator at all, so I'm not driven by it in any way. Yeah, I think there is a, a notable lack of motivation to commit to that mode competitively from players who are committed to the game and I think that as we talked about extensively actually on a recent podcast talking about rivals and champs that there is a major issue there basically and hopefully that is addressed because I think it can be addressed as I said on that podcast through the changes to rewards and how the current system is used rather than a complete overhaul but yeah it isn't something that I think many people are a big fan of who listen to this podcast and who are keen players of the game in a, a sort of gameplay sense, I guess. And anyway, we should probably move on now to our foot nemesis. And there is an obvious one which we just mentioned, really, and that is Alawiran. Uh, he's obviously someone people think of as being a frustrating player to play against, but they tend to think of that World Cup version there was the base hero version before that, which was probably pretty decent relative to the power curve at the time, but I feel like maybe he wasn't as common because he wasn't being handed out untradeable so much or something like that, because it does feel like it's that World Cup version, which was the real nemesis, right? I think just no no one would have picked him in like a hero pick, whereas when it was then like the World Cup heroes, 
because he had that 99 pace and he looked cool, mm. I think more people used him and it just started this ball rolling. Whereas if you did like a hero player pick and he's 85 rated, I think his base version, he's the lowest rated one. You're just never going to, you'd sooner pick anything over him really. Yeah, yeah. And then it became like, oh, actually. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So I guess, is there anyone else that could come close to Mbappe or Alawira in terms of Nemesis? I mean, we might as well throw Ramos in there. Like yeah, Ramos yeah. was such an eye roll. He was in everybody's team, and you were like, "Oh, oh, shocker! I'm playing against mm. you know, flashback Ramos again." Oh no! And even when Richard brought up Ramos, my reaction was like, to like <laughs> visceral. Felt myself like wince a little bit. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, like it just yeah. feels gross. It's same thing. Is like any player that you'd feel really gross using, like Mbappe's there, Alawai runs there. Ramos is there. Uh, there's there's probably one Jairzinho, the mid one. That guy was annoying for a long time mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot of people's teams. Those are the ones that I think are just like meta rats and those fall in the nemesis category. Yep, I agree. Anyone else want to throw something else? I've got one more. Yeah. I don't know if it was a, 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 a nemesis for everyone, but he always seemed to score against me. And that was World Cup Smolarek. That man scored every single game, no matter what. He could be dropping a 4.0 rating and he'd find a way to put the ball in the net. Like, he was so annoying. And also, I don't know where everyone got 500k to buy him. Everyone must have just got the untradeable Mm. pick and and picked him. But it seemed like either if he didn't start, he came off the bench and he, he was just a menace. Like, right around that, as I said earlier, the, that team of the year, post-January, he was just everywhere. Yeah. There were quite a few players that came during team of the year that were a problem just because they didn't really leave people's teams for so long because of the power curve. So uh, I think there's a, a cluster of players like him that are in that category. Josh? I've got a non-player nemesis of the year, oh, yeah. which is, from a grinder's perspective, entering an SBC when you've got a player that's in one of your many squads that you've built to complete objectives or whatever, mm. and you just press confirm that <laughs> split second Ugh. too quickly and get kicked out of the game, and it's not been fixed all year. It's the most annoying thing. If they said we'd fix that, that would be up there with the claim all objective button for me. Like It is just that annoying to have to deal with, especially if you've got loads of squad set up. So, yeah. My squad management is probably just as much to blame there. Do you know what's another a really annoying thing? It's just the fact that it tries to fill the position for you when you're going for a squad, trying to fill, I don't know, gold non-rares or something like that, and it's just a, a pain. And then the other thing on this that annoys me and has annoyed me for ages is, you know when you do multi-swap, yeah. you have to press the start button, and then occasionally you forget that you've pressed you've already pressed the start button, you press it again and it refreshes the page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that is a nightmare. And then also with the multi-swap thing, you press the multi-swap button and you're filling in players, but it stays in the empty slot and you have to move to the next slot. Like, there's no reason why you'd want to stay in a slot which is empty, right? On that screen. Just move automatically onto the next slot and then you can just keep pressing A, right? Just boom, 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 boom. Um, which I think is how it used to work, actually, with the old UI. Let's be realistic about these sort of changes. It took them six months to count how many wins you'd got correctly. <laughs> that's, um, that's true. That's a good nemesis, actually, that, that counter. Yeah. Or the event, the events tab. 
Oh. No, maybe that could be flop of the cycle, but uh, I, I don't know if it can be anything of the cycle. Non-event event of the cycle. <laughs> well, that was introduced the year before, wasn't it? And this year they just gave up. They're like, nah, not going to bother. But actually, sorry, just to go back to players, there was a good one that someone put forward, and I think he kind of ended the cycle for me, to be honest. So I should definitely put him in. And that is the striker check. I mean, he was just uh, some annoying to play against. And I did him just for the science, right? Because I was intrigued as to what he'd be like, because he's obviously five-star skills, extremely big, lengthy, etc., etc. And yeah, he's just so good. And just almost like having him made it worse. I was like, I, any other striker I use, check is better than them. And whenever I wasn't using him, my opponent was scoring with him. So yeah, definitely. He's he's well up there for me as a nemesis. But uh, any other players or other things that people want to mention as a nemesis? Uh, the defensive AI. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Miner Pay occasionally used to be having quite a big night out before I played because they'd just wander off randomly, losing concentration and wondering. It's the inconsistency this year is the worst I've seen. But that defensive AI, when you suddenly look across and the man who was perfectly well marked has just decided to stop marking and wandered mm. off in the opposite direction. It, the inconsistency is the one thing that drove me mad all year. You just mm. go, I do not understand why that's happened. Yeah. I know a lot of people uh, have mentioned, I mean, lengthy meta, basically, as their nemesis. I know some people thought it was good because at least more physical players were more usable. But I think we've all said on the podcast before that the way that it was set up didn't feel right. I don't know, DJ, if you've spoken about it before. but It goes with the inconsistency as well, because a lot of the times they wouldn't track runs. So you'd watch a guy going, you're desperately trying to get out of someone to track him, can't switch player properly, and this time they just decide to ignore him. So I suppose it was the inevitability of the lengthy when you saw him going and you couldn't, you could physically couldn't get hold of someone to stop it. That mm. drove me pretty potty because it was unstoppable if you if you if you couldn't get across quickly enough or or drop off way in advance or just do something to try and stop it. Uh, and a lot of the time you're frustrated by the mechanics in, in being able to do that. Mm. You know, I, I don't have a problem with try- them trying something different. I quite like the motivation behind the different running styles, mm. um, the accelerate types. Oh, yeah. and, and, and and I can see for next year, they've introduced a lot more nuance to that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays. But yeah, it's certainly something that never really got the balance right over the course of the year. Yeah. Uh, anything else people want to put forward as a nemesis before we move on? It may come up in flop of the year but i know for a lot of people the new chemistry system in general has been something that people have been struggled to deal with both like mm. just that innate understanding of how it will change your team but also just like the fact that you couldn't if you packed a good player you'd have to completely change things around to get them on good chemistry and i think it's something that we've hit that period of the game that it was designed for now where it's like it doesn't matter you don't really need chemistry all these cards have ridiculous stats anyway and everyone's now got premium chemistry anyway so it didn't mm. make any difference so yeah i i think it's uh it may be something that comes up in flop of the year but um but yeah i think some pe- people have really struggled with that yeah that's an interesting point as well because i guess the use of premium chemistry by the content team is kind of an admission that it was difficult for people to get chemistry on players, right? Yeah. And it was restricting people's uh, flexibility and maybe their motivation to try new players as well, um, which is obviously a big, big problem for them because they need people to want new players and to change their team. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good one to bring up. Right. Uh, oh, I've got a nemesis. Oh, yeah. I have got one more nemesis. Go Sorry. No, yeah, yeah. Division three. 
<laughs> it, for some reason, Division 4 was really easy and Division 2 was really easy. But Division 3 was just where <laughs> all of the elite players that didn't play in elite sat for me. I, it was always the one where I was like, Chris, can I just get to the next checkpoint? I'm not even sure I'm going to get out of the division at this point. So yeah, Division 3 was always my nemesis. Well, yeah, I honestly wasn't expecting a division to be nominated. I was expecting the uh, cups to be nominated, you know, the friendly cups, the limited time ones, the daily refresh ones. I, I feel like they frustrated quite a few people over the course of this cycle, but clearly not enough to be nominated as a nemesis. And on that, actually, we'll take a break and be back to talk plenty more about FIFA 23 and our thoughts on it. Catch you again in just a second. Hello, listener. Thank you very much for joining us for our FIFA 23 journey, I suppose, over the last year, maybe. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You joined more recently, but either way, it's been great to have you along. And if you have any thoughts on the podcast content, things you'd like to hear more of on the pod, things you'd like to hear a bit less of perhaps, then do get in touch. It's always useful to know what people do and don't enjoy on the pod. And if you're just generally enjoying it, or you know you just want to hear more of the podcast, then you can of course support. You can do that by searching "support for weekly." It's just three pounds a month, and you get double the podcast content, as I always say. Right? Thank you very much to all those supporters keeping the podcast going, and let's get back into this podcast. Hello, welcome back after the break, and I realise we're not actually giving one award. So maybe we should just quickly run through and uh, I'll say who I think it is or from what we've said and we'll confirm those people as the winner of the award. So uh, first of all, pound for pound of the cycle, are we fine to say that it was actually Vieira? Cause even though I didn't do him and I wasn't sure, I, I could get, I think I could go along with that. Any objections? I mean, you had two panelists pick Vieira, so <laughs> say majority rules there. And then uh, Nemesis of the Cycle... Alawiran? I like a Bappe for this one. Oh, you want to go with Bappe? Bappe okay. is the one where it's, yeah. He's just the one that cons was consistent throughout the entire cycle whenever you came up against him, whether it was early in the game or late in the game. He just has that summon-summon that's just annoying. Mm. Anyone want to go for anyone else here? Uh, strong arguments against No, that? I just I just think an honourable mention to that bloody World Cup Alawiran. But yeah. yeah. 
I think that's fair. <laughs> and then we can move on to something we're going to do quickly, another player-related one, and that's fraud of the cycle. So someone that basically you thought would be good but wasn't, or something along those kind of lines, um, allowing a bit more flexibility, as always, with this. But was there anyone who really disappointed this cycle for you? Uh, what about you, Richard? Anyone who was a disappointment? I don't actually... I, I've not got one that's like coming straight to me. Mm. Um, I've got one. Oh, yeah. Zidane. That 94 oh, Zidane. Yes, took mine. The 94 Zidane and, and the 99, I'll be honest. How can <laughs> a guy with all those stats and all those skills and all that weak foot go absolutely missing mm. every game? Just, honestly, it just seems to be strolling around waving to his family for most of the match, I think. <laughs> it's funny, wasn't it? I'll tell you exactly why. Well, medium, medium. Yeah, I was going to say. That is exactly why. I feel like... I, I, I was shocked when I saw that cover star get the medium medium treatment because <laughs> I, I think his trophy titans is high high right so they really just went oh, let's let's properly throw it back to early in the cycle when Zidane was a fraud <laughs> because I think people generally got on with the trophy titans with the high high right am I wrong about that I don't know yeah I think he's he was much better because um, he had a world cup version as well that was also terrible because mm. it was medium medium but again had those ridiculous stats but his trophy titans, I think, was the one that I've used where I've went, oh God, he's everywhere. I mean... Like, this is what I want. This is what I expect from him. I mean, I don't know whether James, you got an alternative suggestion for fraud of the cycle, but I'd be tempted to just go medium, medium players or medium, medium <laughs> midfielders. Because I think that probably covers most of the Yeah, I think, I think medium, medium is like a, a total... <laughs> uh, I mean, could have been locked in as perhaps like a nemesis or... Yeah, um, yeah, true. Actually, it could have also been a nemesis. Yeah. But like fraud, fraud of the cycle, medium, medium. I think is great because any player that was, like, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a player that was medium, medium that you were like, this guy was elite, mm. and that feels ridiculous. So, <laughs> fraud it up. Yeah, and it makes sense because I think what we know about work rates is that if a player has a medium work rate rather than a high work rate. It means they're going to work less hard in the area you're assigning them to. You know, uh, you can set an instruction which keeps them in a certain area, but that is their work rate within that area. So obviously a medium work rate player is only going to work with medium intensity rather than a high. So they're just not going to output as much. So yeah, medium, medium. It is, I think. That, that's also I was just thing. looking at Team of the Year, Modric as a medium, medium as well. Mm. Another one that goes missing every game. There we go. We can move into, and uh, Josh and I have already talked about this actually, so it's for the rest of you to chat about, and that is promo of the cycle. Um, what was your favourite campaign this year, DJ? Uh, what about you? You guys have mentioned um, the World Cup campaign, so I'll, I'll skip that one. I'll say um, one of the things was nice to see was more of the showdowns. Mm. Week in, week out, you know, um, predict the fixture so you get similar to to the um, marquee matchups, you know, you're going to get one every Thursday before the weekend and away you go. Cause I think they're interesting. They're live cards. They're very quick turnaround. EA did get better at upgrading them a bit quicker as well as the year went on. Um, which I just thought it was better to see more of those. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, that's a great shout. And what about you, Richard? Promo of the cycle. I know DJ skipped World Cup, but I don't think you can. I think yeah. it just was hands down the best thing we got this year. Like the the hype around the every World Cup game, sort of we were watching with the players that we had. I think the the Argentina dynamic images sort of topped it off as like, yeah, this is actually class. Mm. The icons and heroes that got released throughout, like that was our first sort of taste of promo icons as well, and they were flying out of packs for a lot of people. Like it was just a, it was great time really mm -hmm. of of Ultimate Team. 
Yeah, totally agree. And that is what Josh, Nate and I settled on on that episode, actually. Uh, any alternative suggestions, Japes, or honorable mentions? or No, that was, clear, that was like mm. clearly the best time <laughs> of the game. It's not even close. So I uh, like when I think back to the cycle of FIFA, that is what I'm going to think about. Yeah, I totally agree. And then we can move swiftly on and perhaps we do these with you, Japes, and then we'll wrap up the podcast to cover these things with the rest of the guests here on a part two so first of all flop of the cycle thing that you felt just didn't really work this year um and uh yeah any thoughts on something of that nature uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go with width because i i distinctly remember playing on one width in a four three three for ages and that to me is just mm. like utter nonsense. It goes against the like thematics of the formation to begin with and yep. needing to play on one width for it to quote unquote like work in the game is like an absolute flop mm. on their part. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And does anyone else have a specific gameplay related flop of the cycle? Constant pressure. Oh, right, yeah. I think for uh, like a more average player, when somebody turns constant pressure on, it just feels that at least for the next 10 or 15 minutes, there you might be able to break through it once. You might find that like quick movement or the quick pass or the skill that you need to break that press. But especially early in the cycle, I do feel like it's been tweaked as we've gone later in the cycle. But early in the cycle, like you just couldn't pass straight. It was mm. like suddenly, it was almost as if because the op the opposition was on constant pressure that the composure of your team was suddenly way more important in terms of what they were doing and so like if you play if a player had bad composure now they just couldn't pass straight it's one of those things that when they mentioned it in the gameplay changes for next year that the pressure tactics are going to change slightly it's it was a good thing. They have slightly added something in where you're on like auto press if you're on anything less than 55 depth, which I think is going to be slightly annoying to get used sorry, to. Just to be clear, it's over 45, actually, I think. Yeah, sorry. Anything over 45. Whatever it is, it's on by default because everybody starts default 50 depth. Mm. So you have this like auto press thing that happens. So yeah, I think constant pressure from a tactic standpoint, it was just that like Hail Mary thing that somebody could throw on if they were a goal down with 15 minutes to go. And it just worked too often. It was too powerful in my opinion. But I think good players, like that could happen and you could just like find a way through it. You were good enough with your fingers to just like beat somebody who'd gone for that final throw. But yeah, for... for for me, that's that that was that was a real bane. Yeah, I can actually kind of back that as well. I think I'd often play very good players who would just pass through it like it's nothing, and therefore it didn't really work either. So maybe at kind of both ends of the spectrum, it kind of had limited use to some extent. I think. Uh, Japes, uh, you mentioned a gameplay one there, and to wrap this up at the very end, we'll be doing our verdict of the year out of ten. So I'm interested to hear from a gameplay and content perspective how you'd rate this year's cycle. Out of 10, should we start maybe with gameplays? You just mentioned something gameplay related. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I wish I could go back in time and think about my ratings for previous games because I don't remember yeah, no, what yeah. they were. But I think like I think this game gameplay wise was like a solid call it like eight and a half. And mm. 
I mean that because like I, I think I enjoyed gameplay for the most part. I definitely had some frustrations, felt like there weren't enough formations and um, wasn't able to always get my players to to do what I wanted them to do or my squad to perform the way I wanted them to perform. But like as a whole, I genuinely think I enjoyed playing the game. And I will say like I'm I'm pretty optimistic for 24. This year was the first year built for like with next gen in mind. The one after that is usually the one where it's it like hits. Yeah, in fact, they've been doing next-gen features for a while, but I think the new dribbling system particularly is something that I know was more of a foundation step last year when it was introduced and has maybe affected this game a little bit negatively in, in some areas. But in terms of the rating, Japes, out of 10, are you saying 10 out of 10 is like the perfect game or just the best one you've played? Or 10, or I think, would just be the high. I don't think any game's going to be perfect ever. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then on the content side, I'll go like 6 or 7. And I, I only say mm. that because I, I think the power curve got really goofed up. And mm. we got into silly season like way too fast and that detracted from my experience. But like the World Cup promo was great. But I think the rest of it for me, I was like, there are so many cards that were, I don't know. I, I, I just, I was not super, super hyped about content this year. Yeah, I'll look forward to delving into this a bit more in the FIFA 23 Awards Part 2 uh, for supporters because we discussed this on the podcast before, but it was reflected in the comments that came in when we asked for thoughts on the cycle. People were saying that there's been too much lower quality content and there have been long periods where there hasn't really been a good sense of progression for committed players and uh, quite a few frustrations to that effect. But uh, as I said, we'll talk about that on the next episode. Japes, you've got to go. But thank you very much for joining us for this FIFA 23 awards show. Yeah, appreciate it. Got to put my cherry on top of the game. And now it's all eyes on 24. So I will look forward to discussing that with all of these wonderful folks in the very near future. Thank you, Japes. And in the next episode, which will be a supporter episode, we will dive even further into the depths of 23, giving out the rest of our awards as well as really digging into uh, some issues with the game over the course of this cycle, which I'm looking forward to. You can catch that as a patron episode. As I said, if you are a supporter, it will be on your patron feed. But if not, you can just search support for weekly, support the pod for three quid a month and get double the podcast content. Let's say goodbye to the other three guests for the meantime. Thank you very much to DJ. Good to have you on this one. Thanks very much. Uh, had a great time as normal. And to Josh as well. Thank you. Yeah, nice little retrospective. Yeah, and more to come. Uh, Richard Buckley, thank you very much as well. Thank you very much. Very welcome. And thank you, listener, for joining us as well. If you've listened to this and you're not subscribed, then you can do so via all the various podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. And if you're listening over on YouTube, then do leave a like, drop a comment. It definitely does help out. For now then, thank you very much to all those supporters for supporting the podcast and keeping it going. And to those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Kirky87, Dan W, Waterman, N Hagman, Harry A, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Elec, Bracco, Nishant, Harry P, 
Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, J Kel, Ibis24, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K, and Brian V. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.